You're listening to a podcast from 702 and Cape Talk. Good morning to you, Aki. Hello, Africa Milani. Good morning to you. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you very much. How are you doing? Good, uh, excellent, thanks. Bit of rain, a little bit cold out here. You're getting the sense that autumn is on its way. It's going to turn around in a moment, I tell you, to go back to heat. Uh, Japanese city has plans to use AI to prevent youth suicides. What's that all about? Well, it's very interesting. You know, I mean, uh, you know, bullying is a big thing in schools today. And uh, teenage suicide is on the up globally. And what the city in Japan is doing, they're using artificial intelligence to try and predict the potential consequences of suspected cases of bullying at schools. And also what you put that through an algorithm, predict on what kind of emotional state is, you know, a specific school school child in and what they're doing is they they've got 9000 different cases that they're going to be analyzing through their junior high junior up to high school years and what they're doing is they basically examining the school grade they examining the gender of the of the suspected victim uh, as well as the perpetrators and when the incidents occurred then they put all of that data through some kind of statistical analysis. They do some clever algorithms. They also add things like, um, you know, the the school grades, for example. They add things like how often a particular kid is off school, for example. And, you know, even things like extracurriculum activities, because what happens when you start getting bullied, you withdraw, you, you know, you, you call in sick at school. So they put all of that information in and then they start, um, and also, of course, the academic achievement, because that suffers as well. They put it in through an algorithm and they start to build up some kind of case study. And then you can start seeing analytically and start predicting outcomes of kids and, you know, seeing the danger areas before they actually happen. So they're using some very, very clever technology, but really it's using data and analytics to kind of set a predictive model of uh, and preventing suicide eventually, I suppose. Which is good, not in a minority report kind of way, where if Africa, I suppose, ticks all the right boxes and this model tells Japanese government that I'm a suicide risk, so therefore they will take me and, I don't know, put me in a hospital somewhere to stop myself from killing myself. Not not in that manner, right? Well, they, I would imagine they would want to, to, to put in place interventions, therapy, for example, to ensure that I address whatever issues I have. Well, yes and no. I mean, you look at minority report, and I'm glad you raised it, it's that uh, Tom Cruise movie, if I'm not mistaken, that I don't know how, how old is that movie because when we when I remember watching it and it's uh, f- to refresh uh, you know our listeners' minds, it's basically what they do is they 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 can see into the future and they can predict outcomes and the way things are going to happen. Now look at Minority Report for example and look at where we're living in the world today and how much we have learned. You, you know, and I use IBM as an example because they've got putting te- clever technology in cities around the world to predict crimes before they actually happen. How do they do that? They do the same kind of thing that we've just been discussing that the school is doing in Japan. But once you study, put in metrics um, of an area and you put in the living standards of the area, you look at the crime rates in the area, what kind of crimes have been predicted, what kind of uh, infrastructures do they have, do they have adequate uh, municipal facilities, example, example, example. You put any in through some kind of an analytical engine, you can start kind of predicting what people are going to do when you put them into a certain circumstance based on statistics, based on what you already know about the area, you can start 
pretty much accurately predicting the way things are going to be. And, I mean, it's not rocket science. I mean, if people living in squalor and people don't have money, they don't have running water, you know, people are going to turn to crime. And uh, that's the reality of the world that we're living in. But you can do something about it. You can act once you have the information to make things better and to try and predict things before they actually happen. So they actually can predict things like this. You know, it's interesting. Indeed. Now, I can call you, I can SMS you, I can WhatsApp you, I can direct message you, I can do a whole host of things. Why would I be turning to a laser to give you a direct message? This is really wild stuff. What they've been doing at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT, they've, been, they've tested lasers that can send a message, a targeted message. Okay, granted, up to now, they can only get up to about two and a half meters away, but theoretically, they can do it for a lot longer. But they're able to transmit a message. So if Africa, you're sitting two and a half meters away from me, they can send a message to you that will literally whisper just in your ear so that you're the only person that can hear that message that I'm sending to you. And how they do this, they use a uh, photoacoustic effect. It's re- that's essentially what it is. They use the water vapor in the, in the air, which absorbs lights and forms sound waves, and they send the sound waves through using this particular vehicle, and it literally will arrive in your ear. There will be a, a whisper in your ear saying, Hello, Africa, what are you looking at? Kind of thing, you know. Uh, but But... You know, you're probably thinking, well, why would they want to do this? Why would they want to literally beam music and beam recorded speech and whatever tones they want to send to you at a distance? Um, it's initially an experiment, and in theory, they can do this over long, longer distances. But think about marketing companies, for example. If you're walking down a, a supermarket aisle and a specific advertiser wants to get a specific message to you, is it any different to Bluetooth ads appearing on your phone? Uh, getting a whisper in your ear saying, Africa, you've just passed the toothpaste. You use that toothpaste. It's on special. That kind of vibe, you know. Um, You see, and I don't know whether (laughs) it's it's your voice or not, but that would irritate the living daylights out of me. I'm going, I have walked past that toothpaste in the shelf because I don't need toothpaste right now. (laughs) Yeah, no, granted, granted. But, 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 but let me give you another way of thinking about it. If you shop at this place regularly and they know through the system that you've purchased a tube of toothpaste in the month and a normal human being, if you brush your teeth, say, two, three times a day, you're going to use more than one tube of toothpaste a month and it's time to replenish your toothpaste. They know this. They can send those marketing uh, messages to you using this particular method. I mean, I mean, it's just one kind of method. But for you sure. know, if you look at military military stuff, for example, let's say there's a whole group of police people or military intelligence in a certain area that um, you don't have to wear those funny headsets uh, that the secret service guys do. That you can get a, a message in your ear without anybody else hearing it from a distance. I think there's lots of applications for this kind of technology. I will tell you, it will become useful in that toothpaste example. If it tells me that that toothpaste is 20% discounted just for today, then I will turn around and go pick it up. No, but that's exactly the instance that that they would use it for, you know. And you'd obviously have to be uh, open to it and say, I accept messages. But if you can accept messages and score, I'm for it as long as it's not abused. 
No, for sure. Let's finish off with what I think is an exciting opportunity that Premier Broadcasting is exploiting with Amazon Echo. Yes, well, you know, um, I've been going to this uh, Consumer Electronics Show, CES, every, every year for the last few years. The last two years have been very interesting because today technology is all about voice. You're using your voice to do anything. Talking to your fridge to activate your fridge and get commands. Uh, talking to your phone. I mean, if you've got an iPhone, you're probably using Siri. And I've heard Bruce Whitfield, for example, talk about, hey, Siri, uh, tell me what the latest, um, the, my Siri is just turning on, but, uh, you know, play me the latest business show, for example. So more and more, we're using these smart speakers, if I can call them that, uh, to, to, to really do interesting things. And Amazon is the, at the forefront of this technology with the smart speakers. They've got the Amazon Echo. They've got a 75% market share. And what uh, Prime Media Broadcasting has done is they've added the functionality for you to talk to your uh, Amazon Echo and uh, basically get the Amazon Echo to play shows and sample podcasts and live audio of, of different uh, um, shows coming across all our radio station, whether it's KFM, whether it's 702, whether it's 947, whether it's uh, Cape Talk, for example. You can now use your voice to talk to these devices and say, play me this podcast, play me this. And really, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, these smart speakers are making um, you know making their appearance all over the place. Amazon, which is the market leader, which is 75% of the market at the moment, um, really is where the world is going, that you're going to have these devices that you have your hands free to engage with this technology. And you think of things, I mean, I'm just giving an example of a podcast, for example, that you can listen to, but what if you, at the spur of the moment, want to know what the temperature is or what the exchange rate is? You don't have to, you know, pick up your phone physically, open it up and search. Just say, hello, Alexa, which is what one of the names the uh, Amazon Echo is called. Please give me the temperature in Cape Town. Give me the temperature in Johannesburg. Is there rain forecast today? Is Eskom going to shut my power? which I don't know that they will know that particular answer <laughs> to, but um, because we're currently experiencing load shedding over here. But just to give you a, a perspective of how, how big this market is, that 75 million people will be using some kind of a smart speaker in 2019. It's up 15% from last year's. And the market at the moment is worth about 5 to $6 billion. And they anticipate that the smart speaker market is going to be worth 20 five billion dollars in the next six years so it's really a massive market and and it's growing rapidly and uh, you know the likes of google the likes of uh, apple uh, amazon as i just mentioned they've all got smart speakers that they're doing and they're all being deployed all over the place so it's going to become part of our lives Aki, most interesting as always. Thank you very much for joining us this morning. Aki will be back with the Technobite next week, Monday, with Eusebius.